podcast everybody some of you might be watching this on video my name is charlotte i'm the creative and technical director here at evidence for faith and i don't have announcements today because actually today i'm with two very special people with michael lane and april williams <laughs> i keep wanting to call you disher it's williams now um this is a team behind evidence for faith that's bringing you all of your content and all the cool stuff that's happening here and so this episode is actually just going to be a fun little roundup so you guys can get to know us better at the end of this first season of our podcast so i'm first going to go around and michael since everybody hears you on the podcast why don't we have you introduce yourself and what do you do here <laughs> well i'm me um yeah that's me i'm michael i'm the executive director for evidence for faith and i'm formerly a, a teacher um school teacher. I've taught grades one through college and worked in also in camping ministry for a long time. But for Evidence for Faith, I am the executive director. What I basically do is I write um, pamphlets, I write lessons, and I do a lot of podcasts and we do a lot of uh, video shooting. So I write the scripts for all this stuff. And besides that, I also get the chance to go out and do a whole lot of speaking. And matter of fact, um, just tomorrow, I'm going to be taking off for another thing going down to Illinois to speak on uh, the reliability of the Bible and science in the Bible. So I do a lot of things on apologetics. And what apologetics, I should probably start right there. You know, what is apologetics? Is evidence for faith is an apologetics ministry. It comes from a Greek word, apologia, which means to defend. So it's a ministry uh, to defend the gospel, to defend the Bible, to defend um, misconstrued um, ideas and uh, all sorts of miscommunications and false information and teachings about who, who God and who Jesus Christ is. That's our, our primary thing, is trying to explain the good news that the Bible is real, that God is true and Jesus Christ is the Messiah and we can only have salvation through him. So that's what we do, and that's my role as just overseeing. And this, this ministry takes place in my house. So uh, right now, we started this ministry, and we are in my basement of all places. But we have built a sound room, and this is where we do most of the construction. Charlotte, who is um, our my official gopher. Uh, <laughs> executive gopher. Executive that, that's how I gopher. I sign all my emails. Yeah, that's gopher. what it is. The executive gopher. <laughs> and this is where she basically lives when she is working um, in this little small room where I am over uh, most often at my study and, and doing things there. But that's my role. I'm the executive director of this ministry. Just to give people an idea, uh, how big is this room? This room is 11 feet long by 6 feet wide. Um, it is soundproofed. It is, um, it's got beautiful blue. I love the color blue. Um, it's got this beautiful blue sound foam all over the place. And it, there's a lot in here. There's uh, two computers anyway that I'm aware of. Who knows what all Charlotte's put in here? <laughs> this is, this there's is a my big TV. On this side. <laughs> yeah. 
We got a big TV. And I'm already complaining that it's too small. Oh, yeah, at least five times a day, you know. And there's lights in here. There's, there's what, three cameras in this place? Um, uh, two that I know of. Oh, okay. Maybe there's a third one somewhere. I don't know. Sure. But, yeah. But we have microphones. There's a bunch of microphones also. And, all, and I am speaking to you through a brand new microphone that we just got in the ministry. It was just donated um, actually by my son-in-law. And this thing's working, I think, pretty good. If you can hear yeah, me, it's, it's, it's working, working good. Yeah, it's working pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's the ni- probably the most expensive, the nicest microphone we have in here. So uh, podcast sound is going to get upgraded. Mm. Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Except for this one, because I'm speaking on a different mic. <laughs> So. Yeah, I get the good one because I'm the executive director. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us remotely from her office in Denver, Colorado is April. And April, why don't you tell us what you do here? <laughs> well, hey, everybody. I'm so excited that you are listening or watching this um, episode. I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to share a little bit about ourselves. Uh, my name is April and I'm the outreach specialist here. And I love meeting new people. There's really no strangers. It's just friends I haven't met. And so that's exactly what I do here at Evidence for Faith. I meet new people that become friends and hopefully be able to network with different people all over the states to be able to then um, pursue different opportunities, such as speaking events. Um, We're putting on a fall tour. So I'm connecting with different people all over the country to see, you know, what locations, what churches are amazing to be able to host us. And so that's a little bit about what I do here. I'm so thrilled. I love what I do, and I'm excited about where we're going. And last but not least, we have a fourth member who's not here with us today, and it's your beautiful wife, Michael, Denise. Do you want yeah, to I was going to say, her name's not Michael. It's beautiful <laughs> Michael. No, it's my beautiful, yeah, we are two different people, but... So yeah. Denise was very disappointed, right, that she could not be here. Yeah, to not be on camera or on a microphone, she is just uh, pining in a corner. Actually, I think she's out <laughs> celebrating because she's not here. She is a behind-the-scenes type person, does not like to be in front of people, and so she is very comfortable being behind the scenes. But yeah, she is right now doing the books for the um, for the ministry, handling all that, and a lot of the communications that come through also, she helps with that. Um, so I'm trying to keep me freed up that I can work on lessons and develop lessons and, and um, write new ones or get prepared for special uh, presentations that people will have me come and do at churches or organizations. She's the administrative backbone. Make sure we're all legal and right and everything. She's the one who (laughs) handles all of that because I know that's all legal mumbo jumbo, as they say to me. I don't understand any of it. I'm a biologist. I don't know this kind of stuff. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, she she is very good at that. And she's a former teacher, too. She used to teach math. So handling numbers and stuff like that, that's she's she's good at that. It's actually quite funny. So then it sounds like we have a bunch of educators because a few years ago, before I met my now husband and moved out of the state, I was a fourth grade math and science teacher. So I had the biology, I had the math. Look at us. We just can handle it all. Wow. How about that? (laughs) There you go. I'm the only oddball. I was like, I'm never going to be a teacher. I'm never going to teach everybody. I'm going to dig a hole in the ground and live there yeah how did you how did charlie get into this i don't know i got invited and i said sure 
Which is a great segue, Michael, because next thing I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. was how, how did we all come together around Evidence for Faith? Because I know you and I reconnected. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I had to write this down. No, actually, I did not write it down. But we reconnected, was it August 2020, about that time when yeah. you started like your little blog website? Right. And that would have been, that was 2020. That was 2020, because remember, I had just quit my job. <laughs> yeah, I was working at the time at the camp here in the Northwoods, Christian Camp. And was working there, but um, we started uh, just a little side thing because I had um, you, I believe, came up with the idea that yeah. because I have like about two thousand Bible lessons, science lessons, archaeology lessons, and stuff. And um, Charlotte, being the the nice, concerned person she is, said, "When you die, all that's going to disappear." <laughs> and so. <laughs> She says we should do something, and so we started a, a little thing called Michael Lane Media. Yep, it was a blog website. Yeah. And it was, yeah, real catchy name. Um, how creative. Uh, but it, it served its purpose, and we started that. And uh, um, without knowing it, that was sort of like stepping off into this new ministry. Because it was, um, let's see, it wasn't long. It was about a year later. I think it was, because it was Labor Day weekend. No, it was a month later, because, so August 2020, we actually launched Michael Lane Media, and then that next right. Labor Day, that's when Caleb and Andrew yes. came into the picture. That's right. right. It was the, yes, that is correct, because, yeah, <laughs> April uh, was not married to Caleb yet, and Caleb came, they both came to camp, it was a Labor Day weekend, and when they got to camp um, on the Friday, uh, Caleb came directly up to me. I hadn't met April yet, but he came up to me first and he says, because uh, we've known each other f- since he was a, a kid. I've, I've known him. Matter of fact, I've traveled to Israel with his family and we even were roommates on, on one of the Israel trips. So we commonly used to call each other roomies. Um, but she, uh, or uh, Caleb, he came to me and he says, I want to talk to you. I got a, I got a, something I need to talk to you about. I had no idea what he was talking about. I had, I had no idea what was coming. And that was on a Friday. And it wasn't until um, Sunday morning that I was just, I just finished teaching a class on archaeology in the Bible. And he was in there. Uh, and afterwards he says, is this a good time to talk? I said, sure. And so we sat down at a table and eventually the room thinned out. And as we were sitting there talking, he, he was telling me that he wanted, to, um, he wanted to give back to God because God had blessed him so much. And he also stated to me that I was a major influence. God used me, because there's nothing special about me, but God used me to influence him and his family, um, and particularly like his sister and his brothers and stuff, um, in their walk with the Lord uh, through high school. And he says, I want to give back to God somehow. And I was like, okay, what are you thinking? And he says, I'm thinking of of trying to get started an apologetics ministry. And to be honest, what what I first thought of as he was telling me this, is he was asking me, okay, who would be a good person to head this up? Mm -hmm. Who who do I know that would head this up? Because I'm I'm 63 at this time. And uh, you know, you don't, I normally don't think a 63 year old starting something mm-hmm. totally brand new, but, um, he asked me as we got going, he was asking me certain questions and I kept thinking, okay, he's wanting to know who can do this. And this is what kept going through my mind. 
who can do this? And finally, I, 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 he gave me a, a time to talk, and I said, well, I do know of a couple of people um, in apologetics ministry that would be probably very good. He goes, no, 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 you don't understand. And I go, what do you mean? I don't want them. I've got a, like an idea of who we can pick, but I want you to do it. You were the one who God used to influence me, and I know you have influenced so many other people that you've been such an instrument in God. And he realizes there's nothing special about me, and I want to emphasize that so strongly. It's not me. God has put spiritual gifts in, in all of us Christians, at least one, and he says the spiritual gift that God put in you has been used so many times uh, to, to further his kingdom. And he says, I want you to head up this ministry. Well, I was just floored, um, and I didn't know exactly what to say. I was excited about it, but I'm thinking, I remember telling him, what? I'm 63 years old. <laughs> And I can't remember if it was Caleb or because I, I say this often to people who are, dare I use the word, elderly. Um, <laughs> I hate that word. But people who are more experienced with life, there's a better way maybe of phrasing it. But I often use it for people to get involved in ministry, even though they might be up in their years, that Moses was 80 when God called him. And if I'm not mistaken, he pulled that on me. Um, cause I, I, it's something I said, I've said for years and I was like, wow. And he's your, your own words against you. I, I'm pretty certain that's how this went because I, <laughs> I, I was just like, oh man, you got me <laughs> with my own words. But he said, you know, let's, um, he told me it would be like a podcast and a video type of ministry. And um, in a in a studio setup, and he says, well, he asked me too, how many Bible lessons do I have? And I said, well, I know that I counted them a while back, and because I was asked by a pastor how many I had, and I said about two thousand. And he too said, you realize, just like what Charlotte was saying, you realize that when you die, that's all gone, and all that information. And I, you know, and he says, well, how many science lessons do you have? And I said, well, there's oh, almost four hundred science lessons, Bible-based science lessons that I do. And he says, and I know you have archaeology things. We just sat through a class. And I said, yeah. And he says, how many of those? And I said, oh, I'm, I know. Well, I've written two books on biblical archaeology, evidence for the Bible, apologetic works. Uh, the stones bear witness. More stones bear witness. And I told him I'm writing a third one. But I said, um, I, there's got to be at least 100 lessons, um, or right around 100 lessons or so. And so he said, well, that's what I would like, you know, you to do is to do take these lessons that you've done and develop more and put them out there on podcasts and videos to be totally honest i didn't even know what a podcast was <laughs> charlotte had told me a hundred times what podcasts were and i i've heard the term so many times even though we were already doing podcasts yeah um th with charlotte before this happened i still did not understand <laughs> If you're catching, I'm not a real technical it's guru. It's like the radio, but on your computer. <laughs> yeah, that's what she kept telling me. And it didn't make sense to me in a way. Like, I can't turn on the radio and hear these. But no, you do it on a computer. You turn on the computer and hear it or on your phone. And I'm just like, on your phone? You got to understand, I was, you know, I, I think at that time I still had a flip phone. Yes, yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. Which, well, no, you, st you had your first Motorola, the, the one you just... Oh, that old dinosaur, that as they dinosaur. called it the other day, the dinosaur? The dinosaur, yeah. Well, that's a good place to stop, because I'm interested, April, I never really heard your side of the story, because I heard everything that happened after that Labor Day meeting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, 
I was dating Caleb at the time. We weren't even engaged yet. Um, however, we were soon to be in a few months and I didn't even know it. Um, but his family, um, very like often, I think every single year went to Labor Day weekend. And so of course I was invited and I went and I just remember on the drive up, Caleb mentioned, I have to make sure I talk to Michael Lane, you know, and I'm like, who's Michael? You know, I've heard about Michael a little bit, but I, I didn't know enough because I didn't grow up going to this camp. And so he's just like, I have to talk to Michael. He's, he's an incredible teacher. I see so many things that he could do and he just has to, he just has to share his knowledge to the world to, you know, ultimately share the gospel and, you know, Jesus. And so it's like, okay. And we went to the Labor Day weekend. I do remember him having a really long conversation with Michael, which Michael talked about. Um, I kind of forgot about that, to be honest. I wasn't involved in it. And it was a long time. And all of a sudden, Caleb comes back. I'm like, wow, you know, I wonder what they actually talked about. Um, I didn't know what he wanted to address, but it was a long conversation. And then I do remember meeting Michael and Caleb saying, hey, we have to talk, you know, we have to talk about this, this idea I have. Um, and then obviously the long conversation was after that. And I, and I also went to that, that talk, that teaching that Michael did. And like most people, I was blown away. I was just like, wow, I never realized, you know, the different plagues that there were, I well, realized them, but you know, the evidence behind them and how you can talk to people about the 12 plagues, 12, correct? I'm plagues? Not like 10, ten plagues. plagues. <laughs> like 10 plagues. Thank you. <laughs> See, I don't I'm feel like, so bad now because I always wrong. mispronounce stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, and how you can talk about that with people and do it in a way where you have this evidence, you can bring up facts from the Bible from real life. I mean, there are different artifacts that you can use. And I was just blown away. I couldn't believe how well he was able to articulate such a, a complex experience. And so I remember walking away, realizing what Caleb saw and what everyone else saw as well. And so then it, it was about a few months later where Caleb and I were coming back to Wisconsin, um, or I was already in Wisconsin and Caleb was coming in. And we visited his cousins up in Duluth and then we were like, let's make a stop at the lanes and, you know, let's hash out what this organization could actually look like. Mm -hmm. And so we went and I know Caleb was just super excited about this. He's just like, Hey, be on your best, you know, be in your A game because, you know, I really want them to take this step to realize that we can do this. And it's not a big idea that is a little daunting. It's, it's something that's possible. And so we come and we had an amazing time. We hashed out for two days what evidence for faith could look like. And we walked away and we're like, okay, like, I, I love this. I hope this goes through. And sure enough, a few months later, evidence for faith was, was starting up and, and it was incredible. And so that's a little about the backstory of how I saw it starting. And I would say the main takeaway was the fact that Caleb just couldn't get out of his brain Michael has such a gift to articulate these um, biblical um, topics in a way where people can understand it and they can understand it and also be entertained as well. So it's not like they're sitting there listening to a monotone voice. Michael brings in, you know, the action. He brings in the expression, the actual, well, maybe not the actual artifacts, but replicas of these artifacts 
to represent what the stories say. Yeah, we don't quite make enough to get the real artifacts. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Israel would be very upset yeah, Israel if would we be took upset, them out of the like, country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well th this is very interesting because I remember, because I was kind of on the periphery of all of this. And the, the funny thing is, so I had, right before we had done this, I had just quit a job. I was really having a bad time. I was also in school. And I remember Michael calling me about the meeting. And then a couple days later, or is it like, it's maybe like a week later or something, he called me, he's like, oh, by the way, there's this guy called Caleb that's going to call you. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. what's going on? Well. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. had multiple people, he's like, I got to connect with this person because they're going to be a potential this person. And he's just like, oh. and I would be on the, it would be on speakerphone and I would hear the whole conversation and Caleb would would work his magic and then by the end it was kind of like okay I think this person is in and it was just a matter of Caleb recruiting these people yeah. um, it was amazing it was fun <laughs> yeah it was really fun and, and it's always kind of blown me away because I know like I'm I mean I'm the graphic designer creative person behind all this and um I realized no God timed it really perfectly because I was having a hard time in my professional life finding a place to fit and it just seemed like everywhere I went I did not fit and then Michael was here like hey you know, there's this opportunity that's coming up. And I was like, hey, I will. I remember telling Caleb on the phone, if Michael lives for another 30 to 40 years, like, <laughs> I will work for Michael for the next 30 to 40 years. <laughs> well, we had a good re that. relationship working at the camp, too. Yeah, because actually this yeah. was, so this was interesting because I remember one of the reasons I, I, I wanted to start Michael Lane Media because, so for those who don't know, Michael and I actually met at this Christian camp and conference center, and I was the head of the marketing there, and I had actually pitched this to, mm -hmm. uh, to my supervisor, and I was trying to pitch it to the leadership there that we should launch an online platform to have these lessons and stuff, because as a conference center, we had speakers from all over, and it was this huge thing. I'm like, man, we could really build this big platform. Well, they decided that it was not the direction they wanted to go, and I eventually left to go uh, pursue my bachelor's degree, and then Michael and I reconnected, like, like two years later? Yeah, it was 2020. I yeah. left in 2018, mm -hmm. so two years later, and I was like, well, I got nothing better to do, so Michael, let's put that blog together. <laughs> so, yeah. And then things just kind of, like, took off from there. Mm -hmm. Now, the so, way you got on board, too, because... <laughs> Caleb was telling me all this computer stuff, which oh, was yeah. already over my head. Yes. And I, I had no idea what, like I say, what a podcast was or anything. And he says, mm -hmm. we're going to have to find someone who's really good at, you know, computer stuff that can work alongside you. And I said, I, I know the person I think we could get. And I said, her name's Charlotte. She used to be on staff here and at the camp. And so, um, I said, she, she knows about podcasts. I told him about the Michael Lane media thing, and, and I said, she knows podcasts, and she was in the marketing department at the camp, and she did videos and um, did interview videos and stuff. So she knows this stuff. And I said, that's who we should go after. So sure enough. Yeah, I called you then yeah, to you see if you'd me. be interested. <laughs> yeah. Maybe so go back with Michael. So. This all happened September 2020. I remember we launched our website in December of 2020. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's when it went live. And then I know we officially, like, the, the official paperwork was submitted in April of 2021. 
So this is funny to me. It's like I realized we don't really have an official start date because we just kind of like did everything we could to get it off the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's very accurate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you guys want to hear some fun facts of what we, I mean, we're, I guess if we technically count, because officially you transferred from uh, Fort Wilderness to Evidence for Faith May 1st. Yes, that's right. So April that's 30th official, was my last day. April 30th. Yeah. So I guess technically we can say that was the first, the first day of Evidence Yeah, that's the way I often look at it, is <laughs> that's when Evidence for Faith actually started. Yeah. So we are not quite a year old as of the recording mm-hmm. of this podcast, but, but for some fun facts, yeah. by the time that this podcast is released, we will have over 60 episodes from our first season, and we're over 25, I'm pretty sure by the time this is out, it's probably going to be like 2,600 downloads. Last I looked, it was 2,500 downloads. So that's mm-hmm. a lot of people coming to your living room, listening yeah. to <laughs> Bible studies. Um, 83% raised of our $150,000 funding goal. Yeah. So thank you everyone for, who's been a donor. Um, we're still a little bit short, but, oh, by the way, which if you want to join in on this, help us reach a hundred percent before next May, evidenceforfaith.org slash give. Links are also going to be in the description of mm-hmm. uh, 83%. That's huge. That's huge for our first, first year of ministry. It was just such a small staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and we've and, been, we've had people, uh, who have just sent us support with, we don't even know in some cases when, when it came, where it came from. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're like, who is this person? You know, but we're going to check. We don't recognize yeah. from. Apparently they heard about us. So, you know, we'll just thank, <laughs> thank, thank God for them. Um, did you, I wanted to ask you this. Do you know how many places we've spoken at this year so far? Oh, wow. Because I know um, it's been dozens. I do not have that in front of me. I'd have to have my calendar uh, or Denise. Yeah, I Denise is yeah, here. She would know because <laughs> um, she keeps track of that kind of stuff. Um, boy, I don't know. I know. I do remember at one time in the fall, just before Christmas, that I had spoken. And I remember for some reason the number 67 comes up around Thanksgiving that I had done 67 lessons. Yes, I remember we counted this. Yeah, it was for our newsletter for Christmas time or something. Yeah. It was 67 um, of me actually being someplace teaching, not podcast. That was, was being, me teaching yeah. lessons. And, and that was between, so that would have been between May and December. So, mm-hmm. like, we were already over, like, 100. I mean, we might be close to 100 events. Or probably, yeah, already close to 100. So yeah. multiply wow. that by, you know, I don't know what's the average attendance to these because some of them is 20 people and then some of them is 100. I'm like, yeah, over, you know, probably 2,000 people maybe that we've impacted this year. Just in person, with in-person events. It's not counting all the mm-hmm. podcast and video stuff. Oh, I, I, I would certainly estimate it at over 2,000. I know we've had over that because in some of the places where I've, I've spoken, there were a couple of hundred people and I would speak. Uh, a number of times, things like that. Like this past weekend, I just spoke four times, and there was over 100 people. Well, there was about 100 people at each one of those, so that's 400 right there. So, I mean, and then this weekend, we got two events going on this weekend. So, yeah, it's really been, we've been blessed. But what what amazes me about that, Charlotte, and, and April, is that when we first started this, 
as Caleb was pointing out to me, this was going to be a primarily podcast video thing mm-hmm. where I didn't think I'd be traveling. He, he, Caleb told me, you're, he asked me, do you like to travel? I love to travel. Really? I do. I love to travel. Which is a blessing. Yeah. yeah. Were that Denise. Did not like that. Yeah. Well, My wife. Technology based. <laughs> My wife is a homebody. She does not like to travel. So I love to travel. But he says, you'll be traveling and stuff. And so far, everything right now has all been in the Midwest, Wisconsin, Wisconsin Illinois. Illinois yeah. That's the, where it's been. But we're hoping to expand that. And that's one of the, the goals and challenges that we're hoping for here is to, to do that. But I know that's going to be something we'll be talking about later on here. Yeah, because hopefully we can get you around nationwide with this cool tour we're putting together in the fall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool tour. Oh, one last quick fact. Mm-hmm. Uh do you want to take a guess at how many views we have on our YouTube channel right now? Hmm. And I know for people who are on YouTube, it's not going to sound like a lot, but for us, it's a big deal. <laughs> it's 2,000 right now. 2,000. Oh. Okay. So 112 subscribers. So I'm like, okay, we're growing. We're growing. So yeah. we get new people every week. Um, I will say, though, YouTube, I feel like, is probably one of the hardest platforms to grow on. So. Mm. This is in 10 months. This is in 10 months, yeah. Mm-hmm. So wow. the other thing, we have a lot of, so all our videos on there are like an hour long. Yeah. The algorithm doesn't like that as much. So I'm putting more clips on for people who want to watch shorter things. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a process. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but speaking of quick facts, what, for you guys, what were some of the highlights of this year? I'll let April go first. Ladies first. Okay. Um. So Good thing I thought about this already. <laughs> no, it was easy. I would say there's a few things. The first one is the launch of the podcast. I just remember pitching the idea and and Michael, of course, you were like, yeah, I, I'm not really sure what a podcast is. And that was probably the fifth time you thought it, considering when Charlotte talked to you about it. Um, and I was like, it's pretty simple. You know, you can just make these pieces of content and it can be put on YouTube. It can put be, be put multiple places. And you're like, okay, I do like doing that. And it was exciting to get that launched. And then also not only that, but then to hear people saying, Hey, can you release more episodes? Because I've, I've listened to all of them. I, I want more. And like you were saying, a lot of these episodes are an hour long maybe more, maybe a little less. So these aren't light little clips that people can listen to and just go through them like very quickly. And they're hefty. They have a lot of meat to them. And so the fact that people are wanting more is incredible. So definitely a win launching our podcast. And then also, I know this is kind of like the start of this year, but I absolutely loved our annual planning meeting. We were able to hash out what is the vision of Evidence for Faith. What are our goals? What are our core values? You know, what do we look for in people when we're wanting more people on the team? Um, what's our three-year vision, our five-year vision? And, you know, okay, in order to accomplish those, what are we going to do this quarter to make sure by the end of the year we are on track? And so we have a lot going on this year, as we've kind of been alluding to, and I'm excited to talk more about that. But that was so much fun. I think it was a really great bonding experience for us, even though it was virtual, to be able to just talk through, okay, what makes us unique? What what do we look for as core values? Um, it was just a lot of fun. So I would say those are the big highlights 
for myself. Um, I'm interested to see what Michael says. Yeah, that that was that meeting was a lot of fun. And even yeah, yeah, because sometimes I will say sometimes it has felt like we I show up and it's like, oh my gosh, what are we doing today? Did Michael write another lesson? What is he going to want to do? <laughs> it's like no, we actually came up with a plan. Like, and yes, even like did. here in the last few days, I was talking to Michael, I was like, oh, we should, we should put up this, like, have a legitimate production schedule and plan what we should do. And like, cause there's marine biology and craziness all going on right now. And, um, yep. he's saying, sure, well, I'd like to do this. Well, maybe I want to do this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we need a plan. <laughs> yeah. There's just so much, so much exciting stuff to that, that we can do. And it was just, that was a really good experience. And just to show like, there is longevity to this ministry. Like we're not. I mean, that's yes. one of the reasons we also called it Evidence for Faith was we wanted this to be something that could continue even beyond Michael. I mean, because obviously, Michael, you're not going to live forever. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to talk mm-hmm. like we're talking about your funeral already. But <laughs> uh, that's kind of the hope is that we can train up the next generation of uh, apologetics um, experts or apologetics enthusiasts to keep helping others to walk closer to God and you know, finding more creative ways to communicate that and to teach that. So, Michael, what are your highlights from this year? Well, I think one was uh, the first place we spoke because it really got it going. And after we formed in Oswego, Harvest Church in Oswego invited us to come. It was, we had just started. This was early May and we just started on May 1st. And it was, I don't know, it was just a little over a week later we were, um, I was invited to come down to Harvest Church. They'd already arranged it, hearing about this, and um, came down to Harvest Church um, in Oswego and spoke at, this is a very large church, and getting to speak there, and I spoke on the reliability of, of the Bible, that the Word of God is uh, authentic. It's not, as many critics and skeptics will say, it's been changed throughout time. The Bible we have today is nothing like what the original scriptures would have been like. And it was showing, using artifacts, scrolls, manuscripts, and stuff, showing that the Bible that we have today, uh, like a New American Standard or an interlinear Bible, is very accurate. And that's what I got to present. And as in between some of the services, because there was something like four services on Sunday. There was one, I think, Saturday night and then four on Sunday. And um, after, like, I think it was the, the second or the third one, as I went out to the lobby to grab a, um, a cup of tea, and there was people are coming in the church, people are leaving. There was uh, two families that came up to me um, simultaneously uh, from two different directions. And they were saying the 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 wives were saying that um, how much they they really enjoyed this. Now both of their husbands were out getting the cars to drive up uh, to pick them up, and they had their kids standing around. But they said that um, our husbands, neither one of our husbands, come to church very often. But they and one was in particular saying he did not want to come to church. But the the wife was saying no, you need to come because his major hang up with God and everything was that the Bible wasn't true. And so she says, please come to this. She pleaded and begged, and he did. And um, he realized through this, she was telling me with tears in her eyes, she's telling me this, that my husband heard all this, and as, as they came out of the service, he says, oh, my gosh, the Bible is real. This is all true. And this has just been the most amazing experience. And she was telling me that, wow, he just, he just his face was so lit up. Both of them were telling me basically the same story. That was how this ministry started. And so that just blew me away right there. And 
you know, I, another thing that's a highlight to me is getting to meet people who will come up to me and I say, oh, I just got done listening to the science in the Bible uh, or watching the videos on the science in the Bible or listening to this archaeology thing on the Ipure papyrus. And, oh, my gosh, this was so awesome. This was so great. And I love this. Or uh, a couple of people, um, matter of fact, a person just just a few days ago contacted me and said, oh, we are we just finished your um, I've been going through the series on Jonah that you do as a podcast. And they said that has just opened up our eyes so much. We just absolutely love that. Are you going to do more books like that? Because uh, that's a whole series. And I, I told him that was done a long time ago. That's an old recording that I made on my own that we've put on here. But um, it was a different church and stuff. But anyway, um, things like that. And um, just people telling me that they're listening or watching these things. That, that just thrills me. And getting another highlight, getting to places. As I said, I like to travel. So getting to places and stuff and um, going to different places, presenting uh, scripture and I guess probably the biggest highlight is how some people who have come to to these presentations and stuff I have done, and they come up to me afterwards and they say, I found Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior from what you were telling us today. And, you know, I've, I've accepted Christ as my Savior. That, I mean, it, how can you get any better than that? Um, particularly when you're my age. <laughs> <laughs> But that, that, that's my highlights that's there, yeah. That's definitely a huge compliment. Although you have to realize, you know, we're, we're just the tools that God's using to move in people's lives, yeah. Nothing special about me as my <laughs> wife. <laughs> See, and it's so funny to, I mean, so interesting for me to hear what you guys think. I'm like, yeah, I mean, a lot of what we find being most interesting is also some of the areas that God has gifted us in. Because I know, like, my, my biggest highlight from this is I, I had so much fun building and designing the studio. Mm. And even now, I know, like, I don't know if this is a little bit of a secret yet, too, but the next studio and planning the next space. Because, you know, I complain about this one being too she small. She talks about this all the time. <laughs> I actually, you know what happens to me now is that sometimes, so I have a, a little notebook or like a drawing pad notebook thing that I keep by my desk and by my bed. Because sometimes in the middle of the night or I'll be doing an assignment, like writing a paper, and then I'll think, oh, this would be a great idea to have to do. I actually sketched plans for the next studio already like that's that's how excited i am about it when we have a future headquarters the studio will be endless mm -hmm. i had this yes. great design for like this home booth and how like and the tv is gonna be in place so that when we do these zoom meetings you can actually see who you're talking to yeah <laughs> it's yeah. gonna be great but that was like that was my most exciting thing also inhaling all that glue i think might have damaged my brain a little bit so <laughs> Yeah, the spray glue, because all glue. this foam on the walls, the ceiling, and everything had to yeah. be spray glued on with that spray Gorilla Glue, and I'm telling you, man, it it was strong throughout the whole house when she and was doing And the carpet this. got a little sticky from the fumes. Yeah. <laughs> Remember my socks? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I had black socks on. The bottoms turned white from all the, from all of the fumes and stepping on it, so... Mm -hmm. uh, Hey, can but, I mention one other fact? Yeah, yeah. Is how we got the name Evidence for Faith. Oh, yes. How we got the name Evidence for Faith. Because when yeah. Caleb was, when he first approached and I agreed that I would, that we felt like this is God's doing, that this is the direction God wanted us to go. Um, we were all trying to figure out what are we going to call this? we got to come up with a name. And so my family, because when that, that Labor Day weekend, my family um, was, most of them were here. Uh, not all of my my uh, kids and their families, but um, 
two of my three daughters and their families were here. But they were all behind this. And then we all got together and we kept talking on the phone, talking about what what we can call this. Well, evidence for faith has four pillars. We're standing on four pillars. So that's where the number four comes in. It's not F-O-R, it's F-O-U-R actually, but it's actually, we use the numerical number four, evidence for faith. And it's four pillars. So it's, it's having to do with science, because as I said, I'm a biologist, I'm a science teacher. Um, and so it has science. I have a teaching minor in history. I love history. I've taught history. Uh, when I lived in the Bahamas, I used to teach history down there. And I love archaeology and stuff. So archaeology is another way to help support the Bible. Then there's um, the Bible itself is our third pillar. Like uh, it's That's what we're building on is the Word of God itself. And then the fourth pillar, of course, that is um, logic, truth. And like one time I was invited to go speak at a major university by an atheist club. This was probably about 12, 15 years ago or so, an atheist club at a major university invited me to come and speak. And what was so interesting about that, I, I thought it was a joke to be, fur, uh, be honest. When I got the phone call, hi, this guy says his name, I'm the president of the atheist club, and I'm like, you're right, you know. Sure you are. You're calling me. Yeah, why do you want to talk to me? Would you come and speak to our group? Oh, sure. <laughs> right. But he was he was in earnest. He, They had challenged um, some Christian organizations on campus to a debate. And he says, can you, we, we don't understand, we don't know what they're going to, they're going to bring up at the debate. So could you please come and talk to us? Because we understand that you used to be a Darwinian evolutionist. And now you believe that in creationism, would you come and speak? And I did, and um, on the evidence of God. That's what they wanted me to talk on, and so I did. And um, it was interesting because getting to do this, I had some Christian friends that were there with me. We went out to eat afterwards, and they said, uh, my Christian friends, after the event was over, they said to me, we're a little disappointed in you, Michael. And, and I said, why? And they said, because you didn't quote one Bible verse. You didn't even quote John three sixteen as you were doing this talk. And I said, well, you understand that I'm talking on evidence of God, yeah, but I said, do you understand the audience? The audience are a bunch of atheists. They don't even believe in God. If they don't believe in God, they don't believe in the Bible. I can't do that. I said, so did you see what I did? I used logic through the whole thing, logic and truth. And matter of fact, the president and um, one of the other cabinet members of this club, after the thing was over, came up to me and saying how much they enjoyed this, and they said, I think we're going to change the name of our club to the Agnostic Club instead of the Atheist Club, um, which I considered right there. That's, that's a huge win. But anyway, the, the point is we use logic. Our fourth pillar is logic or truth, uh, logic and truth together. So those are the four pillars. So as we were talking about different names, and we came up with all sorts of things, all sorts of ideas, my, my family, uh, everybody who was involved in this. And finally, it was my middle daughter, Amanda, uh, one day on the phone called up and says, I think I have a good name for your ministry. She says, why don't you call it evidence for truth because you're presenting evidence and you have four pillars, so use the number four, and then um, evidence for faith. Faith is what you're trying to build upon. So you're using truth, science, history, and stuff, but you're giving evidence for this to build up people's faith. So why don't you do it um, E4F, you know, evidence for faith. And I thought, wow. So I shared that with everybody. Denise jumped on it right away. She says, oh my gosh, I love that. 
And then we bounced it through Caleb and Charlotte and everybody else, and everybody seemed to really like that one. And that's how we got the name. And thank God that the domain was still available. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the biggest thing, getting the domain name. Yeah. I also remember worked. designing the, I think this is so funny, designing the logo for it. So people may look at a logo and think it's really simple and straightforward. Um, I did dozens of designs, and every mm -hmm. single time, this is the one that won it. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. I also I, I also remember picking the colors, because I knew you're from, you and Denise were from, well, you're not from the Bahamas, but you spent a good portion yeah. of your life there. And I actually got a picture that was taken in the Bahamas, and I looked at the colors from it. And then I knew, I was like, I know that this is the colors that you're going to want to go with. Yep. <laughs> Bahama colors, that teal and that yellow and orange. Yep. So, but yeah, that was, that was really cool how that came up. Cause I remember I, I had some ideas, but they all got shut down. And it was like, yeah, your, your dad just came up with a much better idea than I did. So this is why I'm in graphic design and not, in, <laughs> not the head of the organization. <laughs> all right. Well, but speaking of highlights, mm -hmm. what were some of the biggest challenges we faced? Oh. Well, who do you want to go first on this? You want April to go again? Sure, April, let's get your perspective first. Okay. <laughs> I would personally say it was the things that, you know, were out of our hands. Um, so for example, you know, going through the IRS paperwork, making sure that we had that nonprofit status. You know, we did everything we could as quick as we could and everything else it was out of our hands. And so we just prayed over it and, you know, God, God provided there. However, there were times where we were wondering what's going to happen. Are we going to get this status or not? And so, you know, that's just one example. And there, there are little bits and pieces spread throughout the last year that just show that same, same situation where it's like stuff that was out of our hands but God always provided. He was always showing himself to us and that he's always here with us every step of the way. And so I would say those are the, the, the biggest challenges, even though they were all little challenges, stuff that we really couldn't do anything about. Yeah, I just want to talk about the IRS just a little bit so people understand how crazy it was. Because I know everyone's probably struggling with the IRS right now. Yeah. <laughs> but... We sent in our application for nonprofit status in April of 2021. Early April. Early April. We don't hear anything. We don't hear anything. We finally find out that we have an agent assigned to the case. December 23rd, 2021, we get a letter in the mail with, so it's eight bullet points with like sub bullet points asking, we need more information before we can process your request. I remember the silliest request on there was they wanted a physical printout of every page of our website. Yeah. <laughs> so December 23rd, that's what I was doing. And I ended up, we ended up sending them like this, it was like 200 pages of stuff they wanted. And then I guess they looked through it and then they sent us our, our paper. So that man, that was such a stressful time right before Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> But we got it. We got it, guys. We're official. We got it. <laughs> yeah, because we had other things planned that weekend that we needed to I get done. Yeah. We had, like, videos that we were going to shoot and everything, and then we just scrapped it on. I spent all day just working on that list, and I said, okay, Jesus, you know, we trust this is in your hands, mm -hmm. and we're just going to do what we're asked. And, yeah, and it all worked out. So. Yeah. It all worked out. It did. 
that was that was a very stressful, particularly for for Denise, who yeah. was handling. She, yeah, she was working on that too. Wasn't yeah, she? and uh, our, our um, she works with a um, our accountant who's down in Milwaukee. Uh, but boy, she was just so stressed out by this, and I know it was like every night, every single night, she was bringing this up in prayer, starting like in June. And it yeah. was something that was constantly on her mind. But, yeah, mm -hmm. then it finally came. And, I mean, I would get up every morning and or we'd start to go take a walk to the mailbox. And I would say, is today the day? You know, is mm -hmm. today the day? Uh, or this is the day. This is the day it's going to be there. And it wouldn't be there. And we'd, okay, Lord, it's in your timing. But, there yeah. Was, there was jumping up and down when we got the letter. <laughs> oh, yes. There was jumping up and down. <laughs> this is the only time in my life I think I'll ever be that excited over an IRS letter. <laughs> That's yeah. about it. Yeah. That was a celebration. Yeah. Yeah. So my, you were here when it happened, didn't you? I was it? here. I remember we were about to sit down for dinner. and oh wait, Or you and I were up there talking because Denise was just coming home. Yeah, so she dinner just wasn't came done home. yet. Because I remember I started jumping down and then I heard your china cabinet started rattling and I figured, oh, maybe I should stop jumping up and down and just like be the Baptist <laughs> version of excited, which was just like oh, yeah. shake a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm jumping up and down. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, and then yeah. I remember, yeah, because we called it April right away and yeah. let her know. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, this is happening. It's happening. Yeah. That was exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Michael, what do you think, besides the IRS thing, which I know oh, is a huge that, that was the year. That was the first thing I jotted down yeah. on my little notepad here <laughs> when you asked that. That was the first thing. Another one was, um, I know nothing about, I mean, I can... I can do a computer and I know how to run, uh, to, how to do Word. I can do Excel and I could do a PowerPoint, not very well, but I can do them. But um, getting a studio set up was, to me, a major uh, accomplishment and happened. We had just built a garage, finally, yeah. after 20, like 22 years of living here in North Woods, we finally uh, scraped up a, enough money to build a garage, and of course it happened when wood um, construction products and wood in particular was sky high, and we couldn't afford it really, but we went ahead and wanted to get this built because I'm so tired of trudging out in three feet of snow and shoveling my car every day in the wintertime. So we finally got a garage, um, and my son-in-law, um, two of my son-in-laws work construction, and they came up and they built it with a lot of volunteers, uh, very good friends up here came over and oh my gosh, what the help that they gave. I mean, even the equipment that they came to lift the rafters and stuff, um, just volunteer people came over and, and donated time to do this. Uh, Paul Zakowski, Jeff uh, Iverson, uh, Ron Robertson, um, Amos O'Brien, I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out, but um, Ethan and Tom, my two son-in-laws who were doing it, but I know there was, there was probably some others and forgive me for not at the spur of the moment thinking, but wow, that was a blessing. But they, Tom is the one who placed the order with, uh, how much lumber I needed to build this garage. Well, he went a little overboard and it's a huge garage. It is big, but he went a little overboard. And I was like, at first I'm thinking, my gosh, this is the price of lumber. Do I sell this? Do I keep it? I mean, oh my gosh, I got so many, so many dozens of two by fours and plywood and all sorts of stuff. And then it came up, this ministry came 
and I've got all this lumber, extra lumber sitting in the garage. So my son-in-law Ethan came. Well, before that, we had to design it. You, yep. Charlotte, and um, Steve Seifert, who came over in his free time and helped design and tell us how to, to put this space together and stuff to get the most out of it as to what Denise would allow to be given up out of her house. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because that was a question, like, for those who can see me, like, this wall, we were hoping for it to go further out. But Denise like, I'm not walking through the studio to go do laundry. And that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we had um, getting this studio put together. Um, Ethan came over and did the thing. Uh, we had another friend from camp, uh, Bruce Zakowski, came over, did the, the carpeting. Um, we had Paul Zakowski and Brian Lutz came over, did the drywall. Uh, but Steve was so instrumental, so helpful in helping us put all of this, uh, designing how this should all go, uh, all go together and what we needed to get in here. So um, between him and Charlotte with the technical stuff and the others doing construction, this was a major, um, oh my gosh, this was just, I kept thinking, how in the world are we going to do this? And where's the money going to come from? Well, it just... The all the to build the room, we had most of the stuff here. I had to buy some drywall that wasn't expensive. But then, where do we get all the equipment? Because mm -hmm. the cameras and stuff were so expensive. And this is a brand new ministry. We had no money, so I actually took it out of my savings um, for some of the stuff to buy because we didn't have anything. And Denise and I were trying to figure out. Well, we're, we need this. We got to get it for the ministry and stuff. So um, just the studio and getting the equipment and everything. And we're still finding out stuff we need to buy. Um, things keep popping up every now and then or something breaks. Um, so that, that was a big thing. And, you know, another big challenge was when Caleb and April were saying we need to set a first-year goal to be $150,000. And I was like, oh, my gosh, um, that is a lot of money. But that just has been, God has just been providing, as we talked about earlier. So... Those were some of the biggest challenges to me and how they were yeah. answered. That Well, there was a huge blessing because I think we calculated how much labor and materials were donated to build this studio. And did it come out like just under $10,000? Yes. Mm -hmm. And like the of actual money that we had to spend out of our own pockets was very little. Like all of that was donated. And it was just kind of a sign like people... People who aren't interested in this, want to get behind us, you know, God is blessing it because he's giving us all this stuff. Yeah. You know, and and even with the the equipment, like I remember like Steve helping us find the computer and I was thinking, which I keep calling it the $4,000 $4, computer. It was actually like half of that. And it was just amazing. I think it was the components that are in it. Like <laughs> this was before graphics cards like went, were being, you know, ordered for Bitcoin mining and stuff because <laughs> it's really hard to get a graphics card now. Um, and yeah, getting the camera and everything. I, and there's some stuff like I already had left over from some previous things, like the tripod and everything. But yeah, my favorite part though was putting that bookcase in. That's oh, behind you. This this huge bookcase, and we had wow. measured. We had we measured first of all before we built the studio. We measured how wide we wanted the bookcase, and we, actually we wanted it in like um, a, a light colored oak. But we couldn't get it. Um, so it came in cherry. So we went ahead and bought it. I took the dimensions of what they said on the internet of how big this was. And that's how we built the width of this room. 
was that this would fit and we'd have an inch on each side. Well, we forgot to take in consideration the drywall and the foam. And so, and then we forgot how low, or that this thing wouldn't be from yeah, floor the to height, ceiling. We, we didn't think about the height of the bookcase. But we had lumber in the garage, so I built the, the base for it myself, which we won't even go into how many times <laughs> I had problems with that, because I'm not, that's not my, my forte. But then when we got this in here, yeah, Charlotte assembled it, and then it took her and Denise and I. That was an, an elephant effort of trying to put an elephant inside of a phone booth yep. to get that into this little studio in one piece. That was just unbelievable. And it's, boy, I'm telling you, it's it's there. It's not I thought moving. it was hilarious because it came with anchors to bolt it to the wall. We didn't have to use them. Yeah. The, the, the foam just, the foam is just holding it up by tension. So. There's, it was so hard to push it in. Yeah, there's no way that's moving. Yeah. That, that was that was really fun putting the studio together. But it's it's amazing how all the different pieces came together, even technology mm -hmm. pieces. And I, and I know, like, I also complain about your internet. That's my second top complaint oh, is your yeah. internet. Yeah, the internet in the Northwoods. I know, April, every time we have meetings, like, we always say, like, Oh, Michael's internet's really clear tonight. Like, <laughs> we can actually hear him. It's not pixelated. So, but that's what you get when you live in the boonies. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I'm trying to think of like some other challenges. And I realized like for me, yeah, like it was the studio, the paperwork, you know, just the fundraising is always challenging. Like, no, nobody likes asking for money. I think there's always, yeah. I mean, you say it yourself, you're a bad salesperson. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I even think like for staff, our staff side, you know, there's, there's been some health stuff this year and things with yeah. school, um, which mm -hmm. I keep saying, we need yeah. to keep a bingo card of all the health stuff. Yeah. What's wrong with Michael this week? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> some but, people know yeah. more than others, I'm sure, who are listening on this podcast. But uh, the, the, the ongoing joke with Michael is that if he gets sick, it's not going to be like your normal cold or flu. He's going to get that one rare disease, like, yes. I don't know, like jungle fever or something. <laughs> <laughs> Malaria in the Northwoods or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but yeah, but in spite of all that, you know, God's been very gracious in allowing us to, I, I also remember, like, there was... Well, the, the few times I've been able to travel you with this year, because I'm still in school until December. That's been mm -hmm. my biggest challenge, just trying to, just with all the breadth of stuff we can do, just being able to get that all done. So you guys can be in prayer for that, for <laughs> our health and time. Um, but I remember coming with you to a certain place where you went to speak, and um, you would get up, or right before you speak, you'd say, oh, I have this really bad headache or migraine forming. And then within a few minutes, we would pray in a few minutes of you before you got up, it would all of a sudden disappear. Mm -hmm. You could speak for the whole 45 minutes to an hour and you were just energetic and engaged. And, you know, the kids had questions or people had questions and then you'd come down. And then as soon as it was over, it all comes back. Yeah. And, you know, some people might look at that as like, man, you know, that means you're really sick or anything. But we just look at, you know, God allows us to still do the stuff in spite of all the pain, in spite of our fallen bodies. He still allows us to yeah. uh, use our bodies to be glorified for him. It's true. You know, that's, as I think, you know, it's a challenge, but I think it's also been a big blessing. So, mm -hmm. but segueing from the challenges now, what do people get to look forward to this year? And this will be the last question for today. <sighs> We got some exciting stuff going on. Oh, Who do. would like to go first? <laughs> me, me, me. <I'm> a... <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, okay. April. I'm so excited to talk about this um, because it's a big deal. And, you know, being our second year, we really want to get, you know, evidence for faith out there in the world. 
And we've been super blessed by the Midwest and what they've provided. And so now our next step is how can we go nationwide? And so this fall, I'm super excited to be planning and putting together our fall tour. And it's going to be two week chunk more on the East Coast. Although someone did mention to me, they're like, oh, you're going to Tennessee? That's not the East Coast. Well, we're considering it slightly East-ish. the East Coast. East-ish. <laughs> East of the Mississippi. <laughs> Eastern time zone. And then we'll also have a chunk on more of the West Coast side. So we'll be hitting up Phoenix area. And, and what this looks like is, you know, we're going to start out in New Hampshire and um, probably make our way to Boston and then eventually go to a few different cities um, out of state. So that might look like, you know, the Carolinas and Tennessee and Florida. And then from there, we'll have a little break. And then after that, we will do more of the East Coast or West Coast side. Um, So we're looking at possibly Colorado and having that happen. Um, A big one for us is gonna be the Phoenix area, um, possibly New Mexico, possibly Utah, and hitting up that chunk as well. And there's some pretty incredible opportunities that could come from this is not only speaking to, you know, thousands of people, if you think about that, um, but also, you know, those people will be able to share the message that they received from Michael and take that and go out to other people. And so hopefully, you know, we're, we're praying that, you know, people will be changed through Michael's speaking and, and they'll see, you know, wow, like, God is amazing. I got to share this message and then it'll be a ripple effect from there. And so I'm excited to see, you know, how that affects our podcast numbers, our YouTube channel, our funding. Um, and also we're getting some different podcast interview opportunities out, out of this as well. So I'm excited to just get that out there. Um, then I'm also excited as well to meet new people that can join the team. So this looks like volunteers, Um, possible new team members as well. And so we're always looking for volunteers that can help out with these events that we're putting on, um, the different weekend events that we may have. Uh, We're going to be doing an international trip as well. So the volunteers can help with all of that, you know, from tech to, you know, maybe feet on the ground and actually getting their hands involved with it. And so if you know anybody that would be interested in that, you know, feel free to reach out specifically to me April at evidenceforfaith.org um, because I would love to get everyone that's interested set up in the best position possible for them. So that would be what I would say I'm most excited about. So um, let's talk a little bit about this tour in terms of, because we're actually recruiting venues right now to have this tour at. People are going to be wondering, like, how much does it cost? You know, what what is it exactly about? Like, is it Michael is going to come speak on something specific or how does that work? So talk a little bit about that. Great question, Charlotte. I'm glad you brought that up. So this is going to be obviously in the fall. So we're looking at at October for um, more of that Eastern coast. And then we're looking at more November for the Western side. So if you are somebody that knows somebody in a state more out East, and this is going to to be including, you know, Tennessee and kind of that line from Tennessee down to up um, and then the East coast all from the right side of Tennessee, if you're looking at a map. Um, So if you know anybody that is connected in those states with, you know, amazing churches that would be interested in possibly hosting Michael, I'm always looking for different connections, you know, to make it happen. So reaching out to me through that, or if you're listening and you are somebody that is in one of those states, 
than reaching out because you know that your church specifically could have an amazing opportunity for Michael to come as well. We're looking to speak on the topic, is the Bible true and accurate? You know, this is a controversial, you know, question for this day and age and just in general. And so Michael's going to be speaking on that. It's going to look like a 45 minute chunk, a break, and then another 45 minute chunk. We can accommodate to your church in regards to that. There's going to be no cost. We just want to get the message out there. And so there'll be no cost. We're just looking also for the transportation side of things. If possibly there'd be people that would be willing to support that financially. So this could include the flights. Um, it could also include, you know, if you know someone specifically that could house Michael um, and any of us that join um, and then transport back and forth. With that will be the fact that, you know, the church should have somebody that could house us and then take us back and forth. However, you never know. And so the big cost that we're just looking to support is the transportation aspect. Other than that, the speaking is of no charge. We just want to bless people with an incredible message. And we just want people to know the gospel and that the Bible is real and that God is real. And then they can share that to others and have those conversations because they know it is to be true. So just for those listening, like if you are looking to, if you're trying to put together an outreach event at your church, this can be a great opportunity to have a very, very affordable speaker to come talk on evidence yes. for the Bible and evidence for faith. So uh, in mm -hmm. terms of evidence for, the, for faith, not, yes. not the organization, I've, but the same. I've <laughs> where they are like, you don't charge for that. I've been trying to get a speaker in specific churches and it's so hard to find someone that isn't under a thousand dollars. And so, yes, it, it is no charge. You know, transportation is a blessing on that aspect. But other than that, no, we just want to come out and share the message. Yeah. And Michael, actually, I want to do a good segue here. Why don't we charge a thousand dollars like some of these <laughs> big speakers? Well, yeah, that was that's something very important to me. Um, when we started talking about doing this ministry, <clears throat> I know from experience of trying to hire people to come to camp and, and other places, I know that sometimes some speakers, and they're very good speakers and not knocking them or anything. I'm not being judgmental. I'm just stating a fact. They sometimes, like some of them charge $5,000 a session. And I don't know, it just sort of bothered me about having to pay money like that. And I told Caleb straight up when, when he had first approached me about this, I said, well, one thing that that I would will be adamant on is that I do not want to charge people. Um, one of my favorite music artists was a guy named Carmen. And Carmen, I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, with many of his songs. He did a lot of contemporary Christian music in the 80s and the 90s and, and stuff. And he just died a little over a year ago. But one thing that had so impressed me about Carmen and his ministries, um, him going out and he holds the world's record for the largest concert in the world. I mean, it's not Metallica, it's not ACDC, it's not Shania Twain or anybody else. It's Carmen, holds the, the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest concert in the world. Carmen never um, never did a concert uh, when, charging money. He always did it for free because he always said, the gospel is free. Uh, I am not going to charge people to be able to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ to get saved. I will not charge people for that. 
So his ministry was set up along that line, and that so impressed me. And I know there's been some others. I remember um, a minister back in the 1950s that was a traveling minister that went around um, frequently speaking, and he never charged. Um, he just asked for gas for his car. And he did many states in the Midwest traveling around doing this in the 50s and the 60s. And that kind of thing really impressed me. So I told Caleb, I don't want to charge. We will rely upon God to supply our needs because that's what he promises. I will not charge someone to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's flat out. I said, if that's not acceptable, then you got to get, you know, there's somebody else who should do this. But, um, and I know this goes against what a lot of people who in, in ministry have even told me, that that's, you're setting yourself up for failure. I don't think so. Um, Carmen did a phenomenal job for years, um, his, his ministry, and how many people got um, found salvation through Jesus Christ at Carmen, uh, Carmen concert. My daughter Amanda is one of those. She found Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior at a Carmen concert that I dragged her to. Um, I shouldn't say dragged her to, but <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to come, and yeah, so she came with my youth group. But um, that's the reason we do not charge. So if you want to be a part of this or have your church um, host this event, uh, or even if you just want to donate towards uh, the travel expenses mm -hmm. for this, because I know not everywhere, not every church has the same resources to help cover expenses and lodging and transportation and food. Um, so if you want to be a part of this, you can contact April at April at evidenceforfaith.org. That information is also going to be in the description of this episode and this video. So I want to pivot really quickly to Michael. This will be the last thing we talk about, but... What is happening in January of next year? January of next year, January 4th to the 17th, I am co-leading another trip to Israel um, with uh, Dr. Steve Notley of Mayas Tours. Um, Dr. Steve Notley is a friend of mine um, that Caleb's dad introduced me to. And uh, this guy, uh, Steve, is one of, Steve Notley is one of the most humble people I've ever met in my life. He is currently uh, in the news frequently now because he has, um, looks like they ha he has uh, located the, the true city of Bethsaida in um, Galilee. That's the city where Andrew, uh, Philip, and Peter were from. And uh, he's been doing digs there. He's got another dig going on this summer. Uh, and I know some friends of mine are going to help him with that. But we are doing a tour. Uh, we co, uh, we, we work together on this. We like tag team, you might say. And we're doing it. And uh, January 4th, we depart the United States. We come back on January 17th. And some of the places we're going to be going is Ashkelon, one of the cities of the Philistines. Well, I can't even list all the places. There's, there's, scores of places we're going to in this time. We'll be going to Caesarea, Megiddo, um, Nazareth, um, the Valley of Elah, where David and uh, Goliath had their battle. Uh, we'll be going up on the northern Galilee area, uh, Hatsor, Tel Dan, um, some of the places around in to the north that Joshua uh, fought and burned, and you can still see evidence of this. We'll be going to Jerusalem, spending quite a few days in Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Nazareth, um, the uh, Chorazin, fascinating place to go, down to En Gedi. Major discovery happened just a few years ago in En Gedi. Um, they discovered a synagogue and they found an old Torah scroll uh, that had been burned from about 200 AD or so. And 
they uh, have been able to photograph. It's Smithsonian Magazine actually did an article on this, and they show that this is um, that the it's a book of Leviticus that they pulled out, and it's word for word basically what we have in a New American Standard today. Even the paragraphs are in the same place. This dates back to 200 A.D. Um, so going there, going um, all around in Gethsemane, the Mount of Olives. Um, the burial tomb of Christ at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, um, lots of places. But also we're going to go up into the West Bank area and go to Shiloh and Mount Gerizim, uh, Shechem, uh, see Jacob's Well, the story of the woman at the well and stuff into this area in Samaria. And plus you get some free time too to shop. Jerusalem's a fantastic place, great food, great buys and stuff like that. But There'll be more information coming on our website as we finalize the hotel arrangements and stuff. People will be responsible for their own airfare um, to uh, Tel Aviv and back. Um, but it's basically uh, the trip is just about all set, and that's what we're waiting for. I can't wait to get back there and show people one of our primary pillars, the archaeology supporting the Bible. I mean, you'll never read your Bible the same way. When you go here and you see this, because Steve and I will open up scripture and explain the culture and what you're actually looking at from scripture. It just and, and it just changes everything about the way that you perceive and read your Bible. So um, that's the comment I hear from people who have been on the trip. Everybody basically tells me I never read the Bible the same way after this. So we're doing that. <clears throat> and what are the dates of January? <coughs> Excuse me. 4th to the 17th? January 4th to the 17th. And yes. our website, as soon as we get it all finalized, Steve's in Israel right now, um, but we are gonna, we're trying to get it all finalized here as soon as possible so people can start um, registering for the trip and, and joining us because you do not want to miss it. I, yeah. I keep it small. Um, it's like medium size, I guess you would say, around 35, 40 people. Um, and so churches, if you got a small group, you want to come along and do this. Or if you're just an individual, you want to come uh, get with some friend or something. Um, it will be an experience that you will never forget. Kick it off your bucket list because this is a trip mm -hmm. that is just amazing. And may I make one little other comment about this? We had a person, this is a true story. A person went on our trip um, that I, Steve and I did a couple of years ago who had been on many other trips to Israel. It was like his 16th time going or something like that, he said. And he had been with many other uh, televised uh, <coughs> excuse me, evangelists and things. But he said, I learned more on this one with you guys than any other one. He says, I think this was the best. Oh, gosh. You need a glass <coughs> of water, Michael. <coughs> so, um... If you want to, if by the time, I'm hoping by the time this podcast is up, we'll have the registration open and you can go and get registered already. If not, there'll be a waiting list you can sign up to and then you can get priority registration on that to get your spot. Which, big note about this, Israel is an international country, so if you don't have your passport yet, start that process now if you're planning to go. Because <laughs> yeah, if no you don't telling. have a passport, you can't go. No telling how long that'll take to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but we actually do have an Israel page up on our website. I think it's evidenceforfaith.org slash Israel or 2023 Israel. I have to check it again. But I'll put that link also in the description. And like I said, by the time this is out, hopefully we'll have information on there. Mm -hmm. If you can't register yet, there'll be a uh, sign-up list, a pre-registration sign-up list you can get on. Um, and that's where I'm going to stop our podcast today. But exciting stuff. So if you want to get down to fall tour, talk to April. 
you want to get on the Israel trip, I know this is really archaeology heavy, but it's really exciting to just see mm -hmm. the Bible come to life. Like this is stuff that happened. This is not fairy tales or mythology. But thank you so much, guys, for joining us today. Thank you, Michael and April, for making the time and your crazy schedules <laughs> to record this. <laughs> and um, I hope this gives everybody a little more insight into who we are, what the team is doing here, and um, what you're supporting. Because like I said, we're at 83% of support. We're still looking for people to come alongside us and help support this ministry on a monthly basis. Um, and, you know, and maybe even have some new team members. We'll see. Um, yes. But you can stay connected with us through our website, email list, um, and social media accounts. And I, the best way is honestly to get on the email list because you'll be able to get all the information in one place. Um, and yeah, I think that's all I have. Um, check the description for all that information. And this is actually the last episode in our first season. I'm calling our first season of the podcast. Our next one, the season two, uh, will be launched after the marine biology trip. Like I know <laughs> you guys have heard about that on the previous podcast episodes. That's going to be happening in April. Um, I believe we have still have two spots left. Yeah, uh, two bed spaces who, left. Who yeah. want to join on that. But we will be launching the second season podcast after after the marine biology trip sometime just so we have a little more breathing room so uh, we will see you back on season two for the next chapter of this ministry really excited you guys are here so with that take care and god bless i know that's your line michael <laughs> <laughs> all right goodbye people <laughs>